Hello and welcome to Red Tree Church's online service. We just wanted to say thank you so much for listening in today. And no matter where you are tuning in from, we love to stay connected with our online community, whether that's through our Facebook page, our YouTube channel, our Church Center app, or of course our podcast. And whether this is your first time listening or your hundredth time listening, we hope that you are encouraged and inspired by today's message. So let's take a listen. Well, good morning, Red Tree Church. I'm so excited that you guys are here today and this morning. We're starting a brand new series called Different. And so no matter what your background may be, um, all of us look to things and sometimes we just wish that they were different, do we not? Uh, whether it may be our faith, uh, maybe something happened to you when you were younger and, it, and it's really challenged everything that you believe uh, theologically. Uh, it's challenged everything that, that you thought once was really good and now you look at it and you just think, I don't know if it'll ever be good again. Or maybe something happened to you in your faith or your walk with Christ. Or maybe you were beginning to investigate what faith looked like for you. And you were told you're so disqualified. You were told you will never measure up. You were told you're not good enough. You're always going to be like your mom. You're always going to be like your dad. This has been our family inheritance their whole life. This is just the people that we are. You are not like them. And I just want to let you know, none of that is true. Every one of us has an opportunity to begin a brand new life. Not just because we were good, not because we can be better, but because of Jesus Christ. Just like that last song we sang. Man, do you guys love that song? That's, oh my goodness. I, I just sat up here and I don't know if it's distracting to you or not, but sometimes I give like the little Rick Rick Flair, woo, right up here. Uh, I, that's how I worship, man. I'm an expressive guy. So, but here's the deal. You see me at the baseball stadium, I'm the same dude. You see me coaching from the dugout, I'm the same dude. You see me cheering for the Cowboys, what, what? Hey, all right, yeah. I didn't, did anyone catch the Chiefs game Sunday? Thursday? No about that. Okay, now one's like, now I'm mad. I don't want to hear this guy preach at all. That's okay, you didn't come to hear me preach, you came to hear the word of God, right? Amen. That's right, all you super spiritual people. Uh, but hey, seriously, we, we are starting a new series because I want things for you to be different. Um, I, don't, I don't want your faith to stay the same. And there's, there's different ways of doing that. There's different disciplines that you can apply to learn how to make your faith different. Sometimes it comes through me challenging what you believe and challenging why you believe what you believe. There's certain things that I could talk to you about and you would go, well, that's just what I believe. And if I ask you why, you would say, ah, it's just, it's just what we've always done. You know, th those words right there can be some of the worst words that you can speak, right? And if you've been in a Southern Baptist church, you know, that's just how it is. Well, why do we do it that way? It's what we've always done, you know, is this is who we are. And so we don't want to be that group of people. That's just how we do it. Let's find out what the scripture has to say about it and let's dive into it. And so today we're doing this series, starting it all out. It's called Different. Uh, the title of my talk is going to be Because of him. Uh, one of the guys uh, who wrote First Peter, anybody want to take a stab at it? Who's the guy that wrote First Peter? P Peter. All right. I can tell some of you all nervous on that. You, I'm not sure how to go about this. It's okay. No, no trick questions to the audience to make you feel foolish. All right. So Peter wrote this message or this book for us. And in this, he shares with us a lot of his view. Now, Peter is kind of summed up as maybe kind of a, a foolish guy, an ignorant guy, kind of brash. He reacts. And there's definite, definitely evidence to point to that, to prove that. But Peter was an intelligent man. Peter's going to talk about deep theological issues. You're going to go, is that the same Pete that we read about that denied Christ 
same dude. Is that the same Pete who said when he first like, get away from me, I can't be around you? Same dude. But through growth, he became different. Traveling with Jesus, he became different. But then he denied him, and that was the hook moment for Peter. Because Jesus didn't say, you have messed up so much, you can no longer be in a relationship with me. Jesus didn't say, because of your actions, because of your attitude, you can no longer call yourself a Christ follower. Matter of fact, if you look in the New Testament, you don't see Jesus ever mention those words at all. Jesus was constantly telling people this, follow me, follow me. You want, to, you want this new life? You want this new kingdom? Follow me. Now, there was some confusion about that, but Peter wrote this so that we can begin to learn his experience. We can begin to learn from what he saw, what he was surrounded by. And so now we're not sure when 1 Peter was written. A lot of people believe it's between 60 and 65 AD. It's during the reign of Nero. Some of you are familiar with this king's name. Uh, Christians faced extreme persecution underneath his reign. And it wasn't just to the fact that things were just kind of bad for them. But Nero, it's, it's known that he burnt the city of Rome down. He wanted to build. And the Senate was saying, hey, man, listen, you cannot build anymore. And so Nero's like, I'm the king. You can't tell me what to do. We kind of talked about that attitude last week, right? And so he has this attitude. He decides, I'm just going to burn the whole city down. And I will rebuild it the way that I want to rebuild it. And if you know much about his reign, he blamed the Christians or those who were called the way at this time, he blamed them for burning the cities down. And so Christians were being persecuted. Christians were being chased out of town. They were not the group where it's like, hey, are you Christ follower? Yes, I absolutely am. It was like, oh man, we have to get out of Dodge now. King Nero was so sick that he would take Christ followers. He would put them in a space like this. He would put animal skins on them make it to where it could not come off. And then he would release wild dogs to go in to kill the Christians. They would die that kind of death. What, one of the things he did worse than that was he would take Christ followers, he would dip them in hot ax, or not hot ax, hot wax. It rhymes with it, but it doesn't make sense. He would dip them in hot wax. And then he would pin them to a tree, tie them up and light them on fire. And it would light up the night sky as if they were a candle for his entertainment to show that if you're a Christian, you are going to be in trouble as long as I am the king. So Peter writes that, keep this in mind, to that group. Peter writes this to them and the words that he says may be piercing for you as well, but for them, they must've thought you gotta be kidding. They must have thought there's no way you can expect us to worship Jesus in our circumstances. Peter, how can you dare even write a letter challenging my faith at this time when my sister, when my dad, when my relatives were destroyed by wild dogs, when they were lit up like candles? How dare you even write to us? to challenge the way that we do, or to even encourage us to pursue this way, to continue to pursue this Jesus. And that's maybe where you are this morning. You're not really sure if you wanna to continue to pursue this faith. And so I just wanna, 
ask you not to walk away from it. Through all of your hurts, your doubts, your pains, your sufferings, I don't want you to walk away from it. Get people around you that will encourage you. Maybe things didn't go the way you wanted them to go. Lean into Jesus instead of pushing away and resisting him. So let, let's dive into this to 1 Peter chapter 1. I want us to read just the first verse, okay? Now there's some names of some cities, and if you know much about me, I will act like I know how to pronounce them, and I may get them wrong, but we're going to take a stab at it. Here we go. 1 Peter chapter 1, it says, It's Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the province of Pontus, to Galatia, to Cappadocia, Cap, Cappadocia, see I shouldn't have stopped, Asia, and Bithynia. Let's pray. Father, thank you for who you are. And Lord, as that last song we sang back to you, what a prayer. What great lyrics that are so true to teach us, to remind us, to recall that you are greater. You are stronger. Wherever we find ourselves, Lord, I pray that we'd be able to stop and pause in this moment to hear from you and help us to know what it is that you desire for us, what you desire from us, and help us to be people of yes, whatever it is you ask. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, if you're here this morning, one of the most encouraging things I can tell you is this, this is not your home. You are just passing through. This is what Peter's saying. You are sojourners, if you will. You are foreigners to this area. You're here just for a little bit, and then you're going to be gone. We read this in the Old Testament. It says your life is like a mist. It's here in the morning, and then it's gone as soon as the sun comes up, and it removes it. That is what our life is like here on this earth. And it's hard sometimes to disengage from that, is it not? Because of our job, because of our friends, because of our kids, because of our whatever it may be, sometimes we become so surrounded by that that we think, this is it. This is not it. As a Christ follower, which I am, and I would encourage you to become if you're not, you and I have the hopes and we have the promise that we know that we will stand before Jesus someday surrounding him and being in his presence and just worshiping him, right? For some of y'all like, I don't like these new songs they repeat. You know what they sang in the Old Testament? They sang, holy, holy, holy. You know what that second verse was? Holy, holy, holy. You wanna take a stab at what the third verse was? Holy, holy, holy. Man, when you are in the presence of Jesus, you don't care what is being sung, do you? That's what's happened in today's time as well. When we get in the presence of Jesus, we just wanna be in the middle of it, do we not? We wanna be surrounded by that, do we not? We want it to be so real in us, man, it just kinda oozes on out of us, doesn't it? It goes for me, it's gonna get some up on you, right? And hopefully it's gonna get some up on you to where it is something that is life changing. Your faith was never meant to be dead. Your faith was never meant to be dull. It is to change you for who you are so that you look more like him. Amen? Y'all tired? We'll get there though. All right. So for us to be different means everything about our lives should be different. You should be in a different employee. You should be a different child if you are a child. And if you're here this morning, you are a child, right? Not too complex. Parents, we should parent differently. Should we not? Not like this world. Why? Because of him. Because of who our Savior is. We live differently. We are sojourners. We are aliens to this place. We are not to be the same. That means we have to live differently. You can't get in the catch on this so far. 
Uh, jump down to verse six, verse six or seven, it says this. So be truly glad there's wonderful joy ahead. Now, can you imagine, remember, you just seen one of your relatives, like not, not the one you're like, that's okay, we didn't like him anyway, right? But the one you love, you just seen that relative get lit up like a candle, right? And then Peter drops this line on you in verse six. Like, you gotta be kidding me. How in the world is this even applicable, Pete? You want me to believe what you're saying? So be truly glad? How? How can I be truly glad? I'm next. If we would not have fled, I would be in the pen right now. How can I be truly glad? You just got laid off. How can you be truly glad? God didn't do what you've been praying for, what you've been fasting for. How can you be truly glad? Why in the world would you continue to pursue this Jesus, this faith, when he's not doing anything in what you want him to do? Can any of you testify to that this morning? Can any of you testify to that this morning? Maybe you're not taking your prayers to him because you don't believe him. But it is so frustrating at times when God doesn't do what you want him to do. When God doesn't heal when you want him to heal. When God doesn't rescue when you want him to rescue. Is it okay to be this real? Because these are the things that challenge our faith. And then Peter says, hey man, guys, be so glad. Yeah, thanks a lot, Pete. That's easy to write when you're over there. I think it must be sometimes what people think in third world countries as they look at us. How can you guys complain about that? Look at what you have. Look how you're surrounded. How can you do this? And all of a sudden we look around and we're like, wow. And so Peter continues verse six. So be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead. And watch what he says. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while. And then look what he says. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. And you're like, I don't care. I just want to get out of this thing, right? I don't care. If it shows that my faith is genuine, that's great. But why in the world would a good God do this to me? And Pete's going to tell us in a little bit. He says, because this is the thing that could have shaken you. This is the thing that could have broke you. But you knew to run to Jesus instead of to run from him, right? That trial, that circumstance, that situation, in the middle of it, man, you were not like, how great is our God? Sing with me, everybody. How great. No, you're like, God, are you for real right now? God, do you see this right now? God, can you even understand what's going on in my life right now? My sickness, my health, my body should be stronger than this by now. I should be able to do this different by now. This is going to be my third job this year. Are you kidding me? I'm sick and tired of this. What are you doing, God? And Pete says, hey, those trials are moments that your faith will become genuine. You see, I did not learn this until I was probably 22, 23 years old. The problem with that, listen, I accepted Christ at the age of nine. I became a Christ follower at nine years old. And I did not learn this lesson until I was 22, 23 years old. I always thought God was kind of a genie in our bottle, right? You got to rub. Oh, wait, no, that's the wrong song. Anyway, but like, like I, 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 that, 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 that was what, listen, that's what I wanted my relationship to be with Jesus, was it not? Is that what you've wanted your relationship to be with Jesus, right? I do X, Y, Z, then it equals this, right? It's a formula. I pray on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, by Thursday, boom, it happens. That's not true. 
That is, that's magic. That's hocus pocus. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. That's not a relationship with Jesus. Life is going to happen. Terrible things are going to happen because of sin of man, because of the sickness that's in the world, because of the germs that float around. Things are going to happen. And in those moments, Peter is saying, these are the things that will show and prove that your faith is genuine. Have you ever wondered if your faith is genuine? Lay down at night, get ready to go to bed. And it's like the thing that pops up. You're like, man, I hope, I hope I've done this right. So if Peter's talking about a genuine faith, then that must mean that there's a false faith, is there not? So just real quick, and I know for some of you, you're like, man, you are about to step on me and I don't want this. I wanna caution you, right? For me, my job as a shepherd, as a pastor, is to preach the gospel and to preach it with boldness, even if it may not be what's comfortable to hear, amen? Everybody look around and say, I think he's about to preach some truth. Say it real quick, come on, tell somebody. Y'all sleepy, you're like, wait, we don't usually do this interactive stuff halfway through the sermon. Uh, I mean, after his intro, I'm joking, I'm joking. So a false faith looks like this, it's inherited. This happens with church kids a lot. Now I'm not trying to say going to church is bad, that would not be true at all. But sometimes we can build a false faith within them that they're trying to ride on the coattail of your faith. They're trying to ride on the coattail of your grandma and grandpa. They're trying to ride on the coattail on, the, on their last name, right? We built this church, we're in this church, my dad pastored this church, I'm gonna pastor this church, my grandfather's been a deacon at this church. Don't matter, don't matter. That is an inherited faith. What does your relationship with Jesus look like? And let me ask you, and I hate to say this, but this is another inherited faith. I was baptized as an infant. Hear me on this, Retri. Baptism does not take away your sin. I love you. I want what's best for you. That's the only reason I tell you this. Your salvation is not solidified in these waters. In these waters is an expression outward about what has happened inward, right? So be very cautious of why you believe that you are okay with God. Why you believe that your sins have been forgiven. We know in the New Testament, the only way to be made right with the Holy God is through the sacrifice and through the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And that is through crying out of repentance of your sin, amen? Then salvation will come unto you, amen? Brought out some King James Version on you and come unto you, right? That is salvation. Salvation is not in baptism. Salvation is not in a program. Salvation is not in a class. And I'd be careful with this because I know we have different people who come from different denominations and sometimes there's a lot of confusion around this. Salvation is trusting in Jesus and in Jesus alone. Your baptism is something that you did. Your baptism is something that maybe someone did for you. Maybe you were an infant, maybe you were a child. And this whole time when people talk to you about faith or you hear sermons preached about salvation, all of a sudden this moment comes back, oh, I'm good, I'm good, I went through confirmation, oh, I'm good, I'm good, I've been baptized, oh, I'm good, I'm good. My mama, don't believe in a false faith. Again, I'm not trying to kick a dog, I'm not trying to make you upset, I'm not trying to hurt anybody, but I don't want you to leave not knowing if you have a genuine faith this morning. There's another false faith, or it's called a shallow faith, 
We hear about this, and when you look back in the New Testament, it talks about sowing seeds. Some of them take root, but when the worries of life come up, it's gone. The sun comes down and beats it down, and it dies off. That is not a genuine faith. If you walk and you're not sure if you're following Christ, when you lay down at night and you wonder, did I do this right? I would encourage you, get it figured out, right? Don't worry about, well, people already think I'm a Christ follower. Don't let them be the reason you split hell wide open. Amen? You know what the worst thing is for people? And again, I don't know if this is how this is going to work out or not. But parents, can you imagine standing in judgment line someday if God were to come back and bring us all home? And then all of a sudden your kids look around and they're going, what's happening? And then all of a sudden you go, oh, man, I never told them. I never told them. We cheered for this. We went here. We were there. We were there. I never told them. Well, what's happening is uh, they're looking at us and they're saying, hey, depart from me. I never knew you. Or they're saying, welcome home. Come into my kingdom. What does that mean? What does that mean, dad? Well, son, while we were on this earth, we had an opportunity to ask Jesus to become our Lord and our Savior. But uh, we were always so busy. We were always doing so many other things. What does that mean for me now? Uh, you see, in that moment, nothing else matters. Don't let your pride lead you from hearing, depart from me. I never knew you. Don't let your arrogance of misunderstanding scripture lead you to a place to where God looks at you and says, depart from me. I never knew you. Again, my desire is to never manipulate. My desire is to preach the truth and to preach the truth in love. And when Peter says, the testings, the trials, this is going to lead to a genuine faith. Because is it hard? Yes. Is it difficult? Absolutely. But when you get on the other side of that, you look back and you say, man, how awesome is my God? How powerful is my Savior? The love of Christ If you look at James, and I got it in my notes, but I don't have time to jump into it. James 1, 1 says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face many trials and circumstances. Consider it pure joy, James, by these testings, Peter. So be glad. Pete, are you serious? Maybe you're in that situation this morning. And I know it may not make sense. And I know you may not have understanding. Again, I was saved at the age of nine. Didn't understand this concept till 22, 23. Now, do I go out looking for opportunities to suffer? No, I don't. Do I go out there and just like, man, God, bring it on. I want to I wanna be, I want you to wreck my life. No, I don't. But do things happen that hurt? Absolutely. Do I ask God, why would you allow this? Absolutely. But I know. I have seen, I've experienced, and I've trusted to know that what Peter's saying is true. 
And I want you to know, and listen, if you can't get your spot there, then I want you to take some of the faith from me, to enough to believe, to get through this moment, right? I want you to take the faith of those that are closest to you, the people that you look to, and you look at them and you go, man, that kind of faith. That's the faith that changes people, amen. That's the faith that God wants you to have. That's the hope that we put in Jesus. To know that he loves us. To know that he wants what's best for you. You don't understand it all. I don't understand it all. I want everybody to bow your head and close your eyes. The band's gonna come out and they're gonna sing a song. And I want you to just listen to these words. And in this moment, some of you, you just need to pray. Some of you need to confess sin to God and seek forgiveness. Some of you, in this moment, you know the faith in which you once had is not a genuine faith. Some of you need to begin a relationship with Jesus this morning. And I know you may say, man, that's such a negative, that is not a negative thing. To know that the Spirit is speaking to you and drawing you to himself, that is a beautiful thing. That is the gospel, that is salvation. That is not a moment of embarrassment. That is not a moment of, man, what are they gonna think about me? Who cares? So I wanna give you time to respond during this song. And you worship however God leads you to worship. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. We just wanted to give a huge thank you to those of you that already partner with us through giving. And we've got multiple resources for you to utilize from to do that. You can give online, you can text the number 84321, or you can download our Church Center app. Again, thank you so much for listening today, and we'll see you next time.